Well, anyways, well, thanks for taking the time out to talk to me today. Absolutely. Uh, much appreciated. I actually interviewed you like a really long time ago when I was working for Insomniac. Um, like I, this had to have been like over five or six years ago. Wow. But um, yeah, so been super. Uh, let's do it again five yeah. years later. Right. It's been super awesome to watch your like career progress and like see what you're doing. And yeah, super awesome to talk to you again. So awesome, anyways, man. Appreciate the time. Uh, yeah, I always like to start off interviews by asking a little bit about your background. Um, okay. What did your parents listen to when you were young and how that influenced you as an artist later? Uh, so my parents were like teens in the 70s. So like with my dad, uh, it was like the Eagles and Zeppelin, a lot of the Beatles, like classic rock. Uh, they actually just went and saw the Eagles like reunion tour. It was that. hysterical. They're sending videos to me. <laughs> um, but then my mom was like Queen and ABBA. I just like remember those CDs in the car. It was like on repeat and repeat. So like a high, high amount of uh, classic rock in those kind of tunes, um, but still like modern stuff. I remember going to like Warehouse and like Tower Records with my yeah. dad and like whatever we heard on like whatever was like on. It was like Kiss FM here in uh, Los Angeles and going like, oh, we got to go buy this CD. And like, yeah, it's so funny. That's so funny. Do you feel like... Um... Like they had a lot to do with like your music, like your musical taste as a youngster. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, but then eventually, when I was like a teenager, then it got I got like really, especially growing up in Manhattan Beach, like really, really into punk music and metal. Um, so I was like always kind of that. I was never too big into hip hop, like here and there, but it was a lot of rock music and like yeah. It's interesting you say you were never really into hip hop because I feel like from the start of the Sunburn project, there's been like a real heavy hip hop influence, um, or at least tangentially in a lot of your music. Yeah. When did you start to like, go to the dark side as it were, and like start to get into dance, like fall, start to fall in love with dance music and start to like get into everything else? So I think with like the hip hop, so I think we were talking about childhood, I guess like, I mean, I'm 31, so what is childhood day? So like college, like I remember like, the Carter three coming out like that mixtape. Yeah. And that was like big transition into like, okay, like, uh, and everyone just like only listened to hip hop, like uh, at Cal State Northridge. Right. So like, I got really heavily into like hip hop at that time. And like, no one was playing the music that I was listening to really. And then it was around that time too. Cause like I was going to like weird ass raves and like San Bernardino with like Swedish Eagle. And I was like 16, 17. Oh, and nice. like together as one on New Year's. And that's like all like I really knew. And then like I was 18 and then uh, it had to be like uh, hard. I don't know if it was called Day of the Dead. Hard Haunted at like the shrine. Oh, the one at the shrine. I know. Yeah, it was like the, one of the first or second ones. And it was like DJ AM pretended to be uh, Daft Punk. And it was like ju like Justice and Mastercraft and Dead Mouse and uh, it was just like I, I was like blown away after that. I was like, "Yo, I like I want to figure out how to do this." Like, and then my roommate at the time, back to the hip hop influence, he was making beats for somebody like at the time, and I was like, "Wait, so you can do this all like?" Because I, I I knew how to record, and my uncle um, did that for so long, and I got into that like in high school, but I didn't realize the amount of production and like musical instruments, like digital soft synths that you had accessibility to and that you could do everything like right there on the computer. 
So like, like once you realized that it was something you could do all on your own, you were just kind of, yeah, it was like game over. Like from my, my going to school for film, like I just, I didn't want to play that game. I was like not enjoying it anymore. And then, um, once I got that, cause like I already have a pretty big, like big musical like background. And then I was like, oh, I want to learn how to DJ too. And bought like, like it was like a new Mark controller for tractor. It was like, plastic and like yes. maybe like 10 inches by 10 inches and like trying to like do that and then me and my homie would like dj on rooftops in um uh what is it like uc santa barbara like it was a play this no 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 del playa like yeah, yeah del playa and then i met like all the blog guys from like gotta dance dirty and like dancism and like the dudes that like ruled like where all this music came from and no one had like a clue because it was like Beatport kind of, but it I mean, wasn't. I mean, at, at that point, everybody was still like heavy downloading stuff straight from the blog. Like I remember. You had to, you had to put like, music on your iPod on the, and you still yeah. had iPods and yes. you put it onto your like phone. There was right. no streaming services. And even then it's like, I wanted to listen to it on planes or whatever. And like, you didn't have internet. Even then the throttle of the internet wasn't even fast enough to play that. No, it still took forever to download a song. Yeah, sitting there for out, yeah. And you're hoping it's good quality too, like hoping it's good quality, but you're still playing out like 120, like 128, like kilobyte, like MP3s and sets and rips and like whatever. Yeah. I've definitely yeah. embarrassed myself playing a, a poor quality blog house tune um out on big speakers and then realizing like, oh wait, this does not sound as good as it does here as it did in my in my headphones when yeah. I downloaded it earlier today. I remember like Dead Mouse, I, like we were all like waiting for, I think it was like the 12 by 12 album. And like, yeah. there was like, like whatever floating around and it's like in the middle of like the drop, it's like this was a Dead Mouse promotion or something like that. And like trying to cut it out and like, just cause you wanted to play it first and like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was like, a, that's a good way to get yourself into audio editing too. And into like figure out <laughs> remixing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a dude that I followed. So I like started um, actually on Reason. Um, and I was following this dude. For, he was like the only one that was doing like the tutorials on like shit that I wanted to produce. His name was Lucky Date. And like, it's like how to make the Mastercrafts. I know him. Dude, he's an awesome guy, Jordan. Yeah, like, dude, great. I like, ran into like years later. I'm like, bro, like, you have no idea like how this influenced me when I was like, because he was probably around the same age. If I was like 19, 20, when I was like 18. And he was going to school somewhere on the East Coast, I think, and like doing it as a side thing and like building all these scents and like remember download buying like the Lucky Date whatever pack and like using that on like so many tunes for years and years. And then like eventually like rewired in uh, Reason into Logic. And then eventually it was like, all right, I'm, I'm just like all Logic and then switched over to the dark side in Ableton in like 2016. Oh, wow. You were late into Ableton. Yeah, super late. But like, I knew how to use it all and everything like that. I was just so comfortable with Logic and especially like recording. I still use Logic uh, all the time for, you know, recording sessions and being able to comp correctly. And Ableton still is just not it's powerful lagging. enough it's, to it's, do it's it. It's lagging behind in that aspect. Yeah. It's great. It's great for stuff that, that are all inside the computer. Yeah, exactly. And even then, like, I, I'm really excited too. We'll see what happens as they finally like, have the update for like the M1 chips and like, cause they updated the new software and they're still like just weird. Ableton's just notorious for bugs. 
Oh yeah, for sure. For for at least the first six eight months when it comes out. Yeah, exactly. I hope it works. And yeah. cross my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um. So early in your career, you were heavy into like remix work, and I was oh. like, I mean, like the SoundCloud era. That's what everybody was doing. Yeah. Um, that was. What did you? What do you feel like you learned about being a musician or being a producer from that process? So uh, I, I I had wanted to create originals, and then sitting down with like my manager at the time. It was like, we don't have strong enough vocals to like be at the level that they need to be. And weren't sure exactly how to go about getting those or even didn't know how to like record them and stuff like that. So like I had done like two EPs with my manager and Dr. Fresh's uh, like college record label called Prep School. Right. And then I started like thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, like what can I do that no one else is doing? And it's like, was set out to remix songs that didn't have remixes because at the time I was like everybody would remix the data life song and then there would be like a hundred of them and like because you get the stems so it was like trying to think outside the box and go like what are remixes that no doesn't exist and that it's different than what else is out there and to not remix dance music is that how you got the ace of bass remix is was that, that you got the, the ace of bass remix in the 50 oh, cent remix? yeah the ace of bass um dude it, it just ended up working so well i mean i got sued like i don't know like seven years later um yeah i mean we had originally had approval um because like that's how like ultra and curly and raindrops kind of all formed is that the publisher i'll leave anonymous um reached out and was like dude we love this remix and like you could we'll let you keep it up if you come have like lunch and we're like okay yeah. and then that's how he's like well, let me put you in the room with this like new vocal like not new but like working uh in the states because she's from estonia and like let's see what happens and that's kind of how raindrops was born and like yeah the whole start of my career i love that um that kind of speaks to like not just like you know the fact that you were doing all this before you started making originals but it also speaks to the idea that you were like already thinking about digging up these old samples um and like trying to find like unfound material which I feel like comes through in your new tune. Um, yeah. um, Home has got like kind of an iconic sample in it that's most people recognize from your Roman from the 90s, but it's like that it even predates that. Like that sample is like way older than that. What was the process for creating the new tune? So it was kind of this like basis of like nostalgia. And there's uh, other samples in there that I won't say where they came from. No but then we ended up going back through and having them all replayed from a company in London because they like, pitched them down and other stuff like that. So taking some of the stuff from our favorite songs, just like little hits and then spreading out over like the entire thing. So it's like you hear it and it's like you're like, I feel like I know this, but you don't know it, but you do know it. So it's like kind of this like built on nostalgia of this old sound, but a new sound. And like you're like trying to like pinpoint where it comes from. And you feel like you know it. And like that's also an approach kind of to a lot of my music is that you want people to go like, whoa, like, like even like with the Zalabar record and like that is like people, I would play for people and they'd be like, yo, I feel like I know this. I'm like, you obviously don't because no one's ever heard this song. And like, but it brings on this kind of emotion, emotional response that it's familiar in, in a certain aspect, but you can't pin, quite pinpoint it. 100% I mean I feel like that idea of like your musical memory is super important in like crafting like 
music that's going to like translate to the masses or just like hit you in the heartstrings the way that you wanted to is you kind of got to make it feel like somebody knows this or that's part of their musical past already, even if it's not. Yeah. A lot of it is fun for me putting in Easter eggs and stuff like that too, that you would never even know that are there, but I do. And it's like, Oh, like, what is that? Like, and it's like cutting random things from like a movie for like a split second or like, you know, like they're like on the album, there's like a Quincy Jones thing that we redid and just like all this stuff that like you would never really know where it came from because it's like out of context. But then you're like, wait, what is where? You know what I mean? Like it makes you think and you're like, yeah. So like that, that aspect as always because sampling has been around forever and it's like been such a creative way to bring something back in and do it in a method that you're not like taking the whole thing you're just kind of like whatever like and especially like with the sample too like it adds like certain artifacts and grain depending on how old it is and adds a certain type of texture to all in the box and makes stuff either sound old or like adds a grit to it which i think i love that because i also layer like um vinyl and tape sound like really really low under some of my records too well i mean i love that too because i mean a lot of stuff like when you're working at ableton you're working in a DAW, you're working like with soft sense it's starting it sounds great no doubt but it can also sound like real cold and like you know just because it sounds thumping on a big system doesn't mean it has like like people like vinyl because it has that analog warp because it has that crackle and that those artifacts that you're not that are going to be different every time you listen to it so props for like like paying attention to that and uh incorporating that into your music because it shows thank you um so you have a new your your new album you were just talking about that um and it's called the old days so is what you're kind of like touching on there is that kind of the inspiration for the name like kind of sparking that those notes of nostalgia yes and no it's like it kind of tied together so beautifully so like it kind of was this like originally it was this breakup album and i was just like going through it last year and then as i started because i was like the writing process has always been kind of similar when it comes to albums and like bringing on two or three people to like be there with me and like writing all the lyrics or whoever to just like we'll, we'll dial it in and we can just crank crank stuff out in the creative method and as like I brought on like my three dudes that like I worked with like for four or five months straight. Yeah. We kind of started going like, how do we push ourselves? Like, what can we, like, what else can we find? And like finding inspiration, especially because it was quarantine. We're like, like we had so much time and it was like, let's really dig in. And like, we started, um, so like the, it was like a voicemail that like spiked the whole like old days thing. And then it was, uh, originally, I, I set out to kind of make like my version of like a strobe, like a nine and a half minute long. And that right. like, so I, we started uh, with my with my friend JP, who's like amazing, like film composer and like worked with Hans Zimmer. And like I brought him because I was like, I want to I want to do like kind of like really big string orchestral, like uh, like this, like scoring touch to it. And I'm like, I'm pretty good at piano, but like the amount of like detail and stuff. So we started at the end and like wrote this whole thing in like two days straight. I just remember like trying to look at him at the end. I'm just like, I think we got it. And then like, he's like, I'm like, do you need an Uber home? He's like, yeah, probably. And then <laughs> um, from there, I was like, okay, like 
I loved how this end and built into that. But like, then we have to do the intro and then right. tie it into what we have. And it was like kind of this like Drake inspired, like vo- like there's a lot of voicemail stuff and records uh, or sorry, recordings from like friends who passed away and wow. other stuff through that year. Um, and that kind of spiked the whole intro into like how it progresses. And then it kind of takes you on this huge journey um and we just kept on going like all right how can we add old and then i was also on just like you can kind of see over here just like the search for analog gear and like that was an expensive but awesome little rabbit hole of like buying a talk box and like all this old old drum like machines and like going through and just really going all right what can we use this for on this song and like let's build something and just really taking our time and making everything as special as possible, but also kind of like there was another record. We'll see what happens, but it was a, a cover of Donna Lewis, uh, Love Forever. Like, yeah. And then it was a remix. So back to that, because I make remixes just to throw on my sets. Right. The label really loved it. And they're like, why don't we like, why don't we do like make it into like a cover? So I brought Cole from Move All Night and then kind of went down that method. I try not to do too many covers. Um, but like at least one a year of something like really special and finding the right person because like we'll go through it usually starts as remixes and going like yo this is like really good but like why don't we see what we can do to like make it a little bit different from the original or whatever I was the piece I was using in the uh, remix that I was like playing out I love that it sounds like this record is like super personal for you yeah I mean it's extremely like and I can touch on like a little bit and like it like there was uh, I was like just not not well um and like uh tried to take my own life in like march and pretty much like cleaned up my act and got sober like towards that but it was you know some pretty bad bad drugs that uh you know it was it was a wake-up call for me and that kind of really was an inspiration and i'm like grateful to be here to like finish it and everything just kind of tied together beautifully to tell this like story over like the past like 18 months. I got to thank you for sharing that with me because um, one of the things that is often talked about in dance music, but is not often talked about in dance music is mental health. Um, And it can be hard for people to share those, those, those stories of like trials and tribulations and how close you've come to, to, you know, to defeat. Um, and for you to come back from that is like shit just proves how strong you are. So I got to give props for you, but uh, also for putting that all of that energy into a work of music that could potentially help move somebody forward in their own life. I got to say is is super special. So so like thank you, thank you a lot for sharing that story. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, a lot. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I want to do via mental health and you know drug addiction, like coincide with the label or starting out the label with the album yeah. to, you know, make or have the conversation. And the more that you share, and that's what I found, like, I'm lucky to be here and I'm grateful to be here and I don't know how, but I am. And that has given me this like second opportunity to really make sure that whatever I do, I can help uh, however I can and uh, just, you know, be there and um, share my story and hopefully it rubs somebody um, to start, you know, making their life better. 
That's beautiful. Thank you. That's good. I love to hear it. Um, I want to talk about not to like switch directions so quickly, <laughs> but um, I do want to touch on uh, Gangsta Walk that she wrote okay. in 2016 um, with like a, a previously unreleased vocal from Nate Dog. Um, I am, you know, I grew up in, in Northern California, but like Nate Dog is such like a huge part of the West Coast hip hop scene or just like hip hop in general. And I can't imagine like what it was like to get this this piece of content from from somebody who had passed away that that's like, you know, that's like that's iconic. How did you how did that even happen? Oh man. So hey, back to like if you do a remix and you do it well, people will come to you and ask for more. Right. So I had a 50 cent like remix and this one. Yeah, and that was like one of the biggest uh, that really sent my career as well too. And then somebody that owned um, like all of the back catalogs of a bunch of hip hop artists and stuff like that came and was like, hey, here's like a drive of all this stuff that I own and there's some unreleased, so you just got to dig through it. And it just, I, I applied the same formula as I did with the 50 Cent remix and um just like it took so long. I think I think I like did one version and then I was like, all right, I gotta really think about it, think about it. And then I gave it like a month off, came back, like redid something, came back, and then it took an extremely long time, like almost a year and a half, to clear everything, track down uh his estate, make sure that like they were happy and that this was like also respect. Like we want to make sure everything was done uh in the manner of like is this respectful? Is this something that I like, like, it's not like tarnishing his like uh, legacy and like, you know what I mean? Like, so everything was done with caution. And then it was like one day I was like, Hey, like we're good to go. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. I was like beyond excited, like excited. Cause like I've been, when I, when I finished it, I was like, I was, I'm always, I always get so antsy to like, let's put it out now. And like, because you're just like you love it and then like yeah. over time you're just like i'm so sick of this song so like <laughs> uh, by that time i almost had forgot and then it came out and it was just a beautiful moment and i'm so honored to have the opportunity to have gotten that record and that they let me um do my thing i love that you're like one of the only people that's ever that's that's gotten to remix that's gotten to use his vocals since he since he passed right yeah i don't know any other yeah there's it it's like what are the chances that because it's like it was an unreleased record that just never saw the light of day and like how many hip-hop artists like i don't know that that have those that are actually like because like all the stuff that doesn't make it out is generally like the b-side c-side like it's not anything that is that great you know because right. no, like i i mean i have that i have a back catalog of music that's like Meh, you know like it didn't make it on this and that but you just have it so like for yeah. something like that to like fall through the cracks um you know and i land in my lap i'm i'm truly honored love it all right so i have two more things for you the first is the last question okay and after that um i always like to end things off with what i call the speed round speed round okay. is like a bunch of quick fire questions i haven't told you what those questions are ahead of time um, and you just, you know, you're, we'll just see how that goes. How's that work? That sounds great. All right. So my last question, I always love to end with this is what excites you about the future of dance music? I think the possibilities are endless and that we're seeing so much stuff branch, um, into 
live and just this kind of hybrid of like dance music was so just like had to be this had to be this and like the like this like glass ceiling kind of like is like shattered and like you're seeing so many more people just combining genres and making interesting things that uh, I think is just so cool because like you know Avicii was such a ahead of his time with like the country and like and compare like putting those two together and like we're just seeing massive hybrids of stuff and also the live um aspect of it and um you know people singing on the records like especially Alice Wonderland like so much is being like done by the artists and that it to me is where um you know the sky's the limit and like what's going to be this next thing you know we just never know you never know oh 100% agree I just love to see so many people um doing new and interesting things on stage. I know like at EDC, there were a bunch of people that were singing with their songs um, live, like seeing Alice in Wonderland do that all the time. or like bring, playing a cello on stage. Like who, yeah, would have thought? So cool. who would have thought? So I love that answer. So you ready for the speed round? Let's do it. All right. Dogs or cats? Dog. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Too short or Master P? Wait, what? Too short or Master P? Ooh, too short. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Pizza or sandwiches? Pizza. Ooh. Intimate club or festival? Intimate club. Intimate club or rave? <laughs> like where does that count as warehouse? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go warehouse. All right. Um, analog or digital? Analog. Snow or beach? Beach. Lake or ocean? Ocean. If you could pack, pick one superpower, would you choose flight or invisibility? Flight. Technique 1200s or CDJ 3000s? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know how to DJ boss, so I'm going to go with CDJ. All right, all right. Uh, would you rather be chronically underdressed or chronically overdressed? Mm. Are we talking like weather or like just like in general, like would you rather like always be showing up to the party wearing like, you know, stretchy pants and like a t-shirt, or would you rather show up wearing like a nice shirt and a tie? But you can never you can only pick one. You have overdress. to always overdress. All right. Um drum and bass or trap. Drum and bass. Drum and bass or trance. Mm -hmm. mm, that's a tough one i want to say trance all right pop or hip-hop Ooh, that that depends on the era man but uh, i would say right, i'll say, say okay cool yeah, and yeah. then flip-flops or shoes shoes and then finish this sentence before i die i want to before i die i want to win a grammy I love that. And we've just seen a bunch of our, a bunch of the homies in dance music winning Grammys. So that is a 100% doable. Um, crazy. I interviewed Nitty Gritty, I think two years ago, maybe three years ago on Halloween at a show. And he said the same thing to me in an interview. He said, my ultimate goal is to win a Grammy. And two years later, he won a Grammy. So I'm, I'm pegging you for it, man. Yep. Yep. Got that good juju. Yes, I'm 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 throwing throwing the good juju juju your way. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. Thank man. you, man. I appreciate it so much. It. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun, and thanks for sharing so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care. All right, bye.